0: Well David you and I were just talking about this earlier this week so as you well know private valuations they lag public ones so there's a lot of discretion that venture and hedge funds can use when marking the valuations of their public and private portfolios. Private, excuse me. Um, But we are getting some numbers from some of the largest, most active investors of the last few years, Tiger Global being one of them, of course. The journal reports that the fund marked down the value of its investments in startups by about 33% across its VC funds in 2022. SoftBank marked down its Vision Fund 2 by a similar amount last year. Now, those were the two most prolific startup investors in 2021. That was the peak of unicorn valuations. Companies valued at a billion dollars or more. The next three, take a look, KOTU, Tencent, and Sequoia, China. Tencent is an interesting one here because it has quietly become this investment powerhouse in Chinese and overseas startups, including American ones like Epic Games and Discord. All five of these names, by the way, they're investors in TikTok, Barrett, Bite dance. So, a lot of money at stake there as the government decides or tries to figure out what to do. David, as you well know, Tiger Global was the poster child of the tech boom, a crossover fund that did both public and private investing. It was hit, of course, extremely hard during the tech route last year. Um, But as you have been talking about all morning, it may be enjoying a little bit of a renaissance this year, especially over the last week or so. The Nasdaq and tech have been outperformers. We talked about it earlier this week. This kind of bizarro tech trade that's being boosted by lower bond yields and the prospect of a more dovish Fed. Um, Been fascinated listening listening to your debate, Sarah, with uh, Santoli this morning, too.
1: You know, uh, Dee, I I do wonder on these markdowns, of course, in private investments, it's been a question for a long time. If we start seeing down rounds of fundraising, will that bring yet another uh, uh, lower valuation, do you think? Or is this already accounting for that possibility?
0: That is key. If we start to see more down rounds, but I want to point to this chart where we looked at. of funding rounds versus what's happened in SPACs as well as VC-backed IPOs. And the blue line at the top, look at that. We called it La La Land because in a way, the startup world is living in La La Land. No one wants to raise a down round, so they're just not raising money. And there was so much capital available during that peak 2021 that so many startups raise money then, so they don't have to do a round. And that you know begs this mm. whole question of how these funds are marking them. Yeah. They don't have to mark them down so they're not. But how does that end? Probably not, not super well if we continue to see valuations come down or stay down. There most certainly is a connection. And to answer your question, it raises the risk by a lot. In fact, Cloudflare, one of the biggest cybersecurity companies, has been monitoring the fallout and seen a spike in attacks on the sector. I just spoke to CEO Matthew Prince.
1: We're seeing that um, across a broad set of, of, of banks. Um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank definitely had the sort of early uh, pickup, but Signature Bank uh, and now Credit Suisse uh, and First Republic we're seeing is also additional targets. <coughs> Where again, criminals are posing as if they uh, either are the bank and saying, here's how you can recover your funds or here's how you can secure your funds. Or the other type of threat that we're seeing is that oftentimes uh, the criminals are sending messages to what might be customers of of vendors that use uh, the uh, Silicon Valley Bank or one of the other banks.
0: Prince says that the banking sector itself has done a pretty good job of putting the right protections in place, but they're still vulnerable to attacks on some of their largest customers.
1: I think right now the bigger risk is with uh, the various uh, uh, companies that might be using the banks and how they might be scammed during this time of stress. Um, And we do see that there are attacks that go against the financial sector, but if we look at all of the different sectors that are out there, financial services and the banking industry actually is is probably at the front of the pack in terms of uh, cybersecurity protections. and, and and, And that isn't one of the things that is sort of top of my list of concerns this week.
0: So, Kelly, everything that we're hearing and, you know, Matthew Prince saying that attacks are on the rise, this bodes well for cyber spending, cyber security spending in the months and years ahead, even against a softer economic backdrop. And we know that it has been one area of tech that has held up better and that's likely to continue. Yeah, I thought, George, it was uh, so fascinating as well. What you were saying yesterday about how there's still this kind of notion of wanting to come back and try to support SVB through its struggles. This morning, you know, it's filing for a reorg and uh, it's going to have many, many chapters to uh, come in sorting this out. Just give us an update, you think, on where sentiment in the Valley stands. I think sentiment in the Valley is similar to where it has been. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank has been a partner through the dot-com bus, through the global financial crisis. I think there's uncertainty, though. No one knows what it's going to look like going forward, but they want a partner that's going to serve tech specifically. Whether that's Silicon Valley Bank or someone else, a lot of the people I talk to just don't see anyone that is able to fulfill that role. So they say if Silicon Valley Bank has the right management, has the right assets, they'll go back. But this is a time of opportunity, Kelly. I speak to founders who say that they're being pinged by private bankers other institutions all trying to offer the similar kinds of products and step into that space we'll see if anyone's able to do it
1: picture this it's saturday morning and you're on your john deere compact tractor you're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project next you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever and now you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture we could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.